And we're back with another episode of Manifest Mindset. Um, so yeah, we're, we're on break now from school. I, I think you're in uh, North Carolina. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, down in North Carolina vacation with my family. So feels good to have a break right now. Definitely was um, battle tested during the semester, but it was a great semester and I battled and we came out on top, man. Nice, nice. So, so how's how's North Carolina? It's great. Right um, Did you like fly there? Yeah, or? I just got here late last night. Um, so honestly, the travel kind of wears me out. But it's been great here. Um, probably about a high of like fifty-eight or so. Um, oh yeah. Wow. So went on a little beach run today. Played some frisbee on the beach. Um, just hanging out, had a good time with the family, man. Well, and and just for reference, where where me and Nick go to school, normally it's around like 15, 20 degrees Fahrenheit, um, or, or like thirty yeah, ish. It's, it's a big low, change but, up. Yeah, so so I know a few episodes back you talked about how like it, it was feeling overwhelming, yeah. and now that it's over, tell me your thoughts about it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with, with like schoolwork. Yeah, so it it did feel overwhelming at the time, and I think a lot of that is there was just a lot of stuff I was going after, um, which was exciting. And I think that it was important for me to be realistic with myself and the feeling of like, damn, this is crazy right now. There's a ton going on. Um, but just with the, like the training principles we talk about, it's, it's a strong overreaching and you've got to have those periods of overreaching to really test yourself. And um, I think the moments of, there's a lot going on. This feels overwhelming. I think it's a really good test of people's commitment. I know it was a good test of my commitment and a really good affirmation of this is the stuff I want to be doing. Because um, I think a lot of people, if they're frustrated with situations, they get fatigued a lot easier if it's not like feeling that this is the absolute best path for themselves. Um, but for me, every step along the way, I knew I was doing the right thing and I knew that I was doing the work I was excited about. So it made it it made it that much more important for me to continue to persevere through. Okay. So, so with all that going on during, during class, you, you, you feel like that uh, this really solidified where you want to go. Like, like you realize, well, you it added on to, to what you realized that this is something that you love. Also, like, did you feel like you grew from this period? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And, you know, you, you can't grow unless you have a, a challenging stimulus in front of you. And, I absolutely did have that. Um, there was, yeah, I mean, it was it was challenging, but every step along the way, I grew more accustomed, better able to handle the challenge. And not only next time I'm in these kind of situations, where will I be even better able to handle it? But as I approach these situations, I'm going to be able to adapt quicker, know the kind of fine-tuning details I've got to work out to be able to make things a lot better. And I think that's, that's the love of the process, man, is just figuring out how good can you be and how good can you set your environment up to be? Because um, ultimately you can, you can try and influence two things. You can in, try and influence yourself with an under, I can try and influence myself with the understanding of my physiology, who I am, how I operate. And I can try and set my environment up to give myself the best success. And having gone through intense periods like this of that's promoted a lot of growth as as new things come along, just like anything, I see a ton of patients. I get this pattern recognition. I get to understand what's coming up in these storms ahead. Um, so I can change and I can adapt and I can be even more ready. 
Yeah, no, definitely. You know what, like, really amazes me? When, like, I hear stories about, like, people that wake up at four every day, every morning, and then they just work yeah. for 12 hours um, and then go go to bed and then start working all over again. Um, it, 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 like, always surprises me how, like, they never – or burn out or, like, they're never tired of their work. And I think that really, like, stems off of what you just talked about, how, like, people – if people love what they do, they, they don't work a single day of their life. And also – they they constantly are in that stimulus so they're constantly growing and they're adapting to that situation absolutely does, does that sound like where, where you're is. getting at and um, from, i want to bring up a that? study i read um and it was a study about pregnant women going on maternity leave having their kids and then coming back to work and it looked at it was trying to see what are the main factors whether somebody returns to work or not returns to work and their job satisfaction and it was really interesting because the factors that were least important were things to do with their spouse, things to do with how many kids they had, and their money economic situation. The number one important factor was how interesting and how fulfilled and how passionate they were, how excited they were about their job. And I think this just shows that we've got to keep chasing that passion, chasing our interest in really finding fulfillment in really everything that we do and being able to light that fire over and over again. And that's what's, you know, obviously I'm not pregnant. Obviously I haven't had any of that kind of stuff. Um, But I mean, that's the goal to find that sense of fulfillment. And that's what I keep chasing after every day. So so is it maternity leave? Like how long they were going to leave for? Is that what they measured? Um, So they, they, these were women who, they were gone from work um, for a certain amount of time and both from, you know, the end stages of being pregnant and then having the kid themselves and taking care of the kid. And this was from after that maternity leave was done, returning to work, how many did truly return to work um, full-time, part-time, or not at all, as well as their job satisfaction after that. Interesting. I mean, personally, I never worked a job like a full-time job yet. So I, I can't really like preach about this as much like saying that, Oh, you should, you should work a job that you love. I mean, obviously it sounds like common sense and sure that the research studies that you, you've shown, it, it makes sense that we should be doing what we love. Um, and, and yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. So, um, Bob today, um, you know, like we said, it's, we're done with finals. We're on break. What I wanted to take some time talking about today is how do you, how do we rejuvenate ourselves and how do we find those things that truly, um, you know, when our well is a little bit depleted, how do we bring ourselves back up? How do we build ourselves back up and really find that inner peace and sense of fulfillment again? Oh, that's a really good question. And I feel like personally, before I answer that, or at least attempt to answer it, that's something I struggle with too. Just, just taking those breaks, taking those times that you really need to like recover. Um, and, and the question, I don't know, for me personally, I, I go talk to somebody that I enjoy like, like this is a time for me to, to really rejuvenate. Honestly, like these podcast episodes throughout the semester really helped me energize myself and really ground myself. Um, and, and while, while, I enjoy hearing that, Bob. What is it about them that is so beneficial for you? 
what is what is so beneficial about these podcast episodes? What, what, is about, what is about these podcasts? What is about having a kind of a weekly thing that you come to that makes this so rejuvenating and energizing for you? Personally, I like talking about this stuff, right? Most of the people that I interact with don't really talk about this, like talk about mindset, talk about growth, talk about all these things that promote like a, a growth mindset approach. Um, and I guess talking with you every week just reminds myself how much fun this is. And, and, and yeah, I guess this goes back to having fun and, and doing the things that you like, right? Absolutely. And um, so I want to give a quick shout out um, to one of my friends, Carly Gross. She's a DPT student, another physical therapy student down at Columbia University. Um, I met her. It was, I was taking a manual therapy course on the cervical spine and she was there as a student kind of hosting everything making sure everything was all set up and everything and man it talking about being around the right crowd bob like you talked about like having these weekly times coming in chatting with me about all this stuff that's so important about the fundamentals for who we really are our mindset the way we carry out our lives carry out our day and how that impacts us and actually being aware of that so you know, I'm somebody that probably now I can say like I have I might say like, OK, this is like the biggest life lesson for me, man. I probably got a 100 different things I'd say is the number one life lesson for me. Um, but one of those things is about being a strong mentor for other people at the same time, seeking out those mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- the way that I've done a lot of that for myself is being able to be in these um, to assist teaching a lot of courses, being a teacher assist, teaching assistant, um, to really help build that knowledge up for a lot of people and the understanding and really try and mentor people along the way. Well, anyways, I want to give a shout out to this girl because, you know, I thought I was busy and working a lot this semester, TAing two different classes. Man, she TAed three classes this semester and, you know, she's doing some real important research and i know bob you know a bit of my research agenda kind of some of the stuff i've been doing because we're going to start this project working together on it um but i just think it's good to recognize these people that with myself as a high level physical therapy student the greats recognize the other greats and i can definitely tell this girl is going on to do some really cool stuff um, her research is going in the direction that our career is that, uh, that the field of physical therapy is, which is truly having accountability and understanding that, you know, this ideal of regional interdependence, interdependence, that everything is so extremely intimately woven with each other. You know, maybe our elbow bone is truly connected to our knee bone and the way that things move up and down the kinematic chain. Um, it's incredibly important. And I think that as PTs, we're not accountable enough yet. Mm-hmm. to look at that all the time. I think the good ones do. Um, but I think that's absolutely where our profession is going towards. And she's doing a fantastic job of that is going to be another rising star of our profession. Um, wow. But it's go, going back to your, I was going back to your idea, Bob, about being around the greats, being around people that you look up to, that you aspire to. But that doesn't mean they have to be better than you. You know, just because you're hanging out with me, that doesn't mean that you're better than me or I'm better than you at all. It means that we see something of value in each other. Yeah, definitely. And when I first started to listen to podcasts, and now I'm like a super podcast podcast geek. Every time I like walk or cook or drive, I listen to podcasts. 
But the first podcast I ever listened to was one called EO Fire, so Entrepreneur on Fire. And every okay. single episode, uh, the host, John Lee Dumas, would always end with a quote. And it'll be the exact same quote um, every time. And the quote was, you've just been hanging out with John Lee Dumas and the, and the guest. And remember, you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And we'll see you next time. Right? So that, that quote really, I guess, exemplifies hanging uh, hanging out the great people like that are that have similar mindsets and there's like a saying that if you hang out with four millionaires you're going to become a millionaire and and I, I think that holds so true you know like this semester i mean most of my friends i love my friends um but they don't really have that growth mindset of just i guess searching for more getting more with life um and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to say that they're bad people right um right but but it's it's different like when i'm when i'm talking to you it's a different sort of mentality and mindset and and that's what i'm trying to to look for as my four other people that i'm trying to become the average of or the five other people that i'm trying to become average of. does that make sense let, let me ask you something regarding that um so i absolutely i agree with you um when you in because in my mind i this stuff it it pumps me up i mean getting better growth mindset, improving, really being conscious of all these unconscious, subconscious principles that currently go on so I can continue to refine myself. That pumps me up and I I naturally gravitate towards people who go after that same idea. And whether that's with this mindset stuff we talk about or within some of the greatness of physical therapy or even a non-physical therapy career that works on understanding movement to a much better degree. I gravitate towards that. Why? Because it's fun for me. Because I enjoy it. It brains me up. Um, so Bob, what would your, if you had to give somebody who's list, one of our listeners words of encouragement about how to find relationships like that, um, where it's very energizing, because you you well, gave a great contrast of it. It's not like some people are better or worse. It's that there's just a different kind of energy. How would you encourage people to find that kind those kind of relationships? I mean, it, it really depends who you, who you want to become, right? Like, like, what do you define as fun? What do you define as exciting? Like for me, growth mindset, business, uh, physical therapy, they're all fun to me. Right. But, but yeah. that doesn't mean it's fun to somebody else. Right. Um, right. I'm all heard people who have said PT, you think that's fun? Oh boy. We're going to be in a conversation. Yeah, no. It, and, as as with finding people, I mean, the, sure there there are meetups. They're like if you go online, you can meet people through that. Um, but one thing that I truly believe is this thing called the the glass yard theory. And I I literally just made that up on the spot. But, but the glass <laughs> okay, yeah, but the glass yard theory, right? Everybody has a glass jar inside of them metaphorically, right? And then as you start, I really hope I really hope this metaphor doesn't shatter like glass, Bob. Uh, maybe it will. Who knows? But I'm, this is my first time explaining it too, so <laughs> I'm, I'm making it up as we go along. But I believe that everybody has has some sort of glass, like a a glass jar, within us, right? Every time we meet somebody, their their glass jar is empty, uh, from our point of view. As we contribute to the relationship, as we both know each other, get to know each other some more, uh, develop some friendships, develop some relationships. Um, we put stuff in the jar, right? Uh, and then you ask for favors, you do things, you take things out of the jar, and it's like a balance, right? 
Okay, so so the jar is a jar that's shared between the relationship. Yes. So okay. now the reason why it's a glass jar, right? So once you start showing who you are as a person, once you start becoming vulnerable and, and showing your true personality, like your true interests, your true passions, um, you'll know if that person is a right person to, to interact with because no matter how many, how many uh, coins or, or candy puffs you put in the jar, if they're not a right fit, the glass jar will shatter. Does that make sense? So it's, so it's about chemistry. It's about, sorry, are you saying that it's about chemistry between the people and it's gotta, it's gotta be right to some extent. Yeah. Yeah. Once you, once you show your true self, right. And you know that the other person truly is somebody that, uh, has similar interests that is truly your friend, right? Yep. Th then you guys will keep on interacting like there's a glass jar there. Right. So so it's just like, you know, you go on a first date and there are a good number of first dates that don't lead to a second date for a good reason, not because you screwed up the first date, but because like, you, listen, you don't match. Not, yeah. They don't match. They're no match. There's not the chemistry there. Yeah, Definitely. No, I, I don't know if that analogy made any sense, but I, I feel like I enjoy it. <laughs> I think that's a work in progress. But what I do like about it, Bob, is there is that reciprocation. And you have to value um, what do I – because it's the question you're asking yourself is what do I give to this relationship versus what do I take from it? Um, and I think both are healthy to have, but you've got to be contributing and the relationship has to be mutual. Yeah, that's, that's so, definitely – on a similar um, tangent, because I feel like our entire podcast is a great, beautiful tangent. It's always um, a tangent. There's there's no really consistent tough. stream to it at all. But yes, go ahead. Um, you know one of my one of my philosophies I live by is if you want a different answer, if you're going through your life and you're not, you know, totally sure what this thing that pumps you up is, if you're not sure how to um, get a different kind of relationship, if you want a different answer your responsibility is to ask a different question. If you if you keep getting the same answer in your life, that's because you keep asking the same question hmm. over and over and over. So as you start to meet new people, you know, what, what, what questions do you ask them? Um, or even your friends who you've known for a long time, what would happen if, you know, let's say you've, um, you got your good friend, you've been hanging out with them for like six months or something. Yep. And you're talking with them. And instead of just, you know, shooting the shit, what's the weather, boring, kind of whatever talk. What if you decide to ask them, within the last week, what were you most passionate about? Hmm. What fired you up? And wh what if you asked them, what was your greatest challenge that you felt proud about yourself from overcoming? Bob Chang, I can guarantee that that tone of the conversation would instantly change. Well, well, yeah, I agree. Um, but let me ask you this. But what if, what if like a complete stranger, right, asked you, yep. asked you that? Ask me what? Go ahead. Uh, I'll pretend I'm a stranger. Okay, your, that question. So this past week – What's something that you've been doing that, that you are super passionate and fired up about? Fantastic. So if a complete stranger asked that to me, um, you know, I, I might see that as an opportunity to share some of myself. Now, obviously, I wouldn't share 
as much with them as I would with you because one, they don't understand the context of my life and who I am. And so, you know, when they say that, I don't necessarily want to share my entire life story with them. Cause if I start talking for 20 minutes straight, three minutes in, I can look away and they'll be gone. Um, but complete stranger says, what was something that fires you up today? In my mind, this is a window of opportunity where I get to say, Hey, this is who I am. I'm currently a last year physical therapy student. I love learning about the human body. I love learning about both how it works physically, um, what different people can do for different movement patterns, how we, how the nerves, how we within our brain communicate with our muscles. And that leads to tons and tons of different opportunities and options. And I got to learn about that not only intellectually in the classroom, not only physically with my hands doing a bunch of new techniques, new interventions, new things, working with people, but I got to hang out with a bunch of my friends talking about this stuff, putting into practice and developing new theories on why the things that I do work or don't. Hmm. And so that might be an answer that I give to somebody who's a complete stranger. Okay. Um, and, and, that, and that does spark up a deep conversation too. Right. So, Absolutely. Yeah. It's a different kind of conversation because you don't have that backdrop the story. Um, but it's it's totally different than hi, nice to meet you. What do you do for work? Yeah, I like that. that that's a, that's like a good question to to start, I guess, for networking too. Like if you're at a conference or you're, you're at a party, um, you ask what's something that fired you up this week. That's a that's a great conversation starter. Right. And then and then if somebody then that can judge exactly where to go with that. If somebody, you know, says no, like they don't have anything, one, that can be a sign to get away, honestly, because it's probably not a amazing person to be around. Or two, it might be somebody internally calling out for help. That's like, listen, bro, here's your chance to, I don't want to say be a role model like that. So cheesy for a lot of people, but here's a chance to help lift somebody up to maybe you help somebody discover something new about themselves. I like it. So Bob, getting back to this idea of um, being restorative, you know, you said about these kind of conversations and about how you love talking about this stuff. What, what else do you do to continue to pursue that? So aside from having these conversations, aside to listening podcasts, what else do you do to recharge yourself? To recharge myself, um, yeah, to energize yourself. I don't know. You know, we've we've got well, at least in some parts of the U.S. we've got the four seasons for a reason. Um, we've got different periods of school for a reason where you've got these finals, this heavy push, and then you relax. You know, people in certain sports have a bulking season, have a cutting season, whatever it might be. Um, there are you certain see, things. I have, I have a, I have a, like a. A little problem with that, right? So, 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 hear me out. Maybe we could talk about it on on this. Um, if you think about the school, right? We have we have all these the three seasons. We're in school, then the summer we're off. Nope. But how is that? Unless you're a PT student, then you're never really off. But anyways, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. But then how is that related related to life? So, like a real job, for example, right? Every every day. You're working on the holidays, you're off, right? So there's always this constant 
constant grinding when's that period for rest for a regular person that's that's not in school that that's my question that's that's what i guess where my problem is when we're talking about this when, when, with the, with the break. a lot bob and my answer is um it depends it depends on the person and for some people that can be you work you grind you you know you go hard at it at everything whatever you might be doing in life until holiday comes up um or until a weekend comes up and you just completely relax. You know, some people on the weekend, they're still busting through a full day Saturday is a full day of work for them. Or they're still doing a bunch of work here or there on Sunday, or they're working through the entire week, including weekend, not doing as much relaxing. Some people, I think, are honestly too relaxed during the weekend is that they're crazy intense during the week and they just completely unplug, sit around, whatever it might be. I think that people who push through um, too much, who don't take any time to do these things that lift them up, that build them up, um, week to week or anything, just little, little breaks. I think that's where burnout comes in because you don't have variety. Um, but to get back to directly answering your question. Let me first bring like another point in too. What if, what if everybody worked 365 days, uh, seven days, yeah, 365 days, like 10 hour days every day, right? But instead of them thinking of it like work, what if they thought of yep. it as something they loved, right? If, right. if they if they thought of it like that, and it, and it is true something, and it is really truly something that they love doing, I don't think they'll ever get burned out. That's my opinion. Um, I don't know, do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, I do, Bob. I think in an ideal world, I think they wouldn't get burned out. If the part of the 10 hours days really if it was about how can I do my job to its best, you know, if we're, I'm working in the PT field, not that I'm in some kind of PT mill, quote unquote, where I've got to treat three patients at one time and you know you can't give the same quality care for that. But if I can truly be one-on-one with my patients, give them the time of day that they deserve to truly take the time to critically think about everything that's going on, to help them out the best I can. Um, if you can do that, if you can have your social life intertwined within that being around a team of caring people that lift you up, that give you energy. If you have time in the back of your mind to um, pursue these different ideas that you love for us, it might be growth mindset and the interconnections between, you know, the nerves in your brain and your spinal cord and how they work with your muscles and how you learn different movements, all this other um, intertwined stuff, how pain plays a factor in all that. Yeah. If you have time to think about it, if you, if these 10 hour days, you're not constantly in a fight or flight sympathetic response. I think then if you truly have a balance, um, if you truly have a balance and you can set your environment up to support that, then I don't think you'll get burned out at all. Cause in my mind, that's the, that's the whole idea of homeostasis homeostasis being the internal regulation, the equilibrium, balancing out the environment. You can have little sways and changes in the environment back and forth, and you can adapt really well. But if you constantly have an environment that is not set up for your success, there are forces in your body that are fantastic. Our body does a kick-ass job at surviving and getting through the short term. Hmm. But if that short term turns into a really, really long-term, um, 
kind of like an overuse of any one particular particular system within our body. That's where injuries occur. That's where breakdown occurs. And I'm not talking just physical. I believe mental too, when there's not that balance in our lives. Interesting. Yeah, I could see that. Um, and, and yeah, relating it back to, to sport or, or exercise or fitness, that that's exactly how it is. Like if you don't take a break after a long period of intense, of intense overload, you're going to get injured. Yeah. So um, let's take baseball pitchers, Bob, for example, you know, there, there's a reason why youth baseball pitchers are limited the number of pitches that they can have per game because it's a large load, a large demand you're putting on the body that you intentionally need a physiological time to recover from. Yeah, that's, that's true. I like and so it. Yeah. And I, I enjoy working with the connections of how do all these principles, these principles of overreaching, overtraining, um, appropriate recovery, stress, how do they all relate to each other? Because ultimately stress is not just a physical phenomenon. It's not just a emotional phenomenon. Um, and they all intertwine with each other. I mean, we know there's plenty of research out there that shows that a heightened emotional stress, there's less kind of provocation. There's less annoying stimulus required to have a painful response. And so emotional or physical quote unquote pain might be the same thing. Hmm. You're right. I mean, I guess according to science, aren't, aren't they the same thing? Like pain is, is from a certain pathway of the brain, both emotional pain, and physical. Pain is the perception within the mind. And it's, it's an alarm system telling you like, it's your car's alarm going off. Like, Hey buddy, we got to do yeah. something else. Somebody break in, man. Stop it. Yeah. No, I, that completely makes sense. No. Yeah. Go, going back to that question of, of rejuvenating, um, I, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add to it, but, but my question, I guess, further to that is, is how, how do you take a break? From, for myself personally? Yes. Yeah. Great question, Bob. Um, so I, I like to have my days busy. I really do. I like to, um, you know, I like to have my, when I'm in school, I like to have my classes in school. I do. Uh, then let's say I have a break within that. I schedule a work shift within that. I've got, you know, some people might call it a blessing. Some people might call it a curse. Um, but I've got a lot of jobs I do, whether it's personal training, teaching assist for classes, a bunch of other things. Um, I schedule that in between times. Uh, then so I can really have a full blocked out day because I, I love, I don't like just sitting around wasting time. Um, but I think the thing for me that's fortunate is that all those things um, balance each other out. So from my classes to the breaks I get for meals, and honestly, I'm usually studying during most of my meals, um, to having the TA jobs, personal training, working on my research, um, having the opportunities to go after my own fitness and my health. Um, I, lo I love basketball. I love soccer. So doing those sports um, or just going after different um, lifting or cardio fitness goals for myself. Hmm. I like to shift back and forth a lot. I'm not somebody that likes to sit down for five hours straight with my books and get studying. Um, but I'm often tempted to stay in the gym for four hours at a time. I'm not the most productive that way either. 
So I, I like having constant change and switching back and forth that way because those your question's a good one, Bob, and the point you brought up about those 10-hour busy workdays that might not feel like they are detrimental at all. That's kind of how I like to schedule my time where I'm constantly shifting through things that build me up in different ways. And so by that throughout the whole day, I can balance myself out. Like, so sweet. I had some great kind of reflective time in the morning while I'm eating my breakfast, getting ready for the day, just not reflecting on um, school stuff, reflecting on kind of who I am as a person, my relationships, what I really want to go after, what my mission for the day is. And I get that on my commute, my drive to campus. Hmm. Uh, then I have all my classes. I can really get intellectual with everything. Think about how it relates to everything else I've learned and understand in the past. I have my time working in the clinic. I've got time going into in-depth research projects. I've got time working on my fitness. I've got time helping other people with their fitness, doing personal training. Um, I've got time mentoring other students. And all those things give a different kind of fulfillment to me that makes up the whole picture. So that if I if I was to work in the gym, you know, six hours in a row, six different personal personal training hour sessions in a row. I've done it before. Um, I, it would start to lose some of the pure fun, mostly because I'd get crazy hungry all the time. Um, all right. I, I mean, yeah, that's true. That, that's fair. That's fair. You get hungry. Um, so for me, it's all about keeping those dynamic events, those energies, um, the things that lift me up in check, not necessarily overdoing it with anything. Um, but they all can balance each other out and lift me up in different ways. And so that's how I recover kind of on the day to day aspect. Um, there are intense periods like this, this last final week for me and leading up to it where I felt out of balance with those. I felt like, okay, instead of doing 40% of my interest in um, the academic area, and I'm just throwing out random numbers here, I've got to bump it up to like 70 or 80%. Um, it's probably a lot more than that, that 40% usually. Um, actually, I know it's a lot more than that. But anyways, I'm going my priority shift because, okay. again, in the short term, yeah, the uh, human body, the human physiology is great at adapting short term. So I've got to have something after that to be like, okay, how do I recover in what fulfills me in different ways? Okay. So so basically what you're saying is is during this, this short burst of where, where you're working, there is some sort of variety, and that helps you not get burnt out from all the stress exactly. of the schoolwork. Is that what you're saying? I was somebody during, you know, when I have these, in, you know, eight hours of studying in a row, when I do have to have it um, on the weekends or whatever. I'm not just in one location for eight hours. Like in, in an eight hour period of studying straight, I probably take like a three or four minute walk in between like three or four times to go to just a completely different location, just to keep things really fresh, um, get some fresh air for myself, get a quick break and go after it again. Definitely. I mean, you know what they say? I don't know who said this quote, but variety is the spice of life. So, uh -huh. yeah. but yeah. I know. I find that really interesting about how how we both approach, uh, I guess, bursts of extreme activities, and then how we take breaks or or not take take breaks, and and not how and how to not avoid burnout. Um, it, it's fun to see how how both our approaches, I guess, go 
and and align and don't align. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I'd be, you know, for all our listeners out there, I really want to encourage you to think about, is your life a truly balanced life? And if it is awesome, how do you maintain that and do and even improve that? But if it's not, if there's some way that, you know, you feel like, ooh, I need like a little bit more in this area, I need something more enriching, or man, this is just this one thing, this consumes way too much. How can you change it? How can you do make little efficient changes that don't change any of your time commitments, that don't actually change the amount of time you're spending on that thing? But how do you change your mindset to change your association with that task? to make it feel more balanced for you. Like, so again, for myself, um, this is going back to kind of like the intense bit of um, focus of energy with this last bit finishing up school. And what I do today, my first day of vacation, I took time just to tune into myself with my body. I, well, one, I slept in, which I haven't done forever. Um, I was getting, getting down to North Carolina at like 1 a.m. from the flight. Um, but I took the time, um, hanging out on the beach with my family, with my friends, throwing the frisbee around, just good stuff, going on some good barefoot runs, just getting my body reacquainted again, really taking time to tune into myself, doing some, um, very highly proprioceptive, highly stimulating exercises, um, for those of you in the exercise world out there doing a lot of like single leg deadlift to row activity stuff that requires a lot of balance. Um, doing a lot of different variety with my Turkish get-ups, just highly proprioceptive things that for me, for myself, for who I am, that's stimulating, that's recentered um, for myself. And it just, that's something that gives me energy that I feel like I haven't been able to tap into as much recently. Oh, that's, that's really interesting. I, I enjoyed that. Uh, just, just hearing about this, like from both of our perspectives. Um, yeah, it goes to show that um, between two people, the recipe for success looks very different, but it's still just as tasty. Yeah. And also going to that, that mindset piece, like just shifting that mindset of, Oh, my life is, I guess it could be considered balanced. Like just having that, that lens through that. I think you mentioned that like a few minutes ago, um, but just to reference an, another study, I, I think I mentioned this to you yesterday, but there was a study about old people and, and basically beliefs that older adults have. So older adults as in 60 and plus, 50 to 60, 70 plus. And they basically took 3,000 people um, that were old relatively, and they separated, they separated these two, the, the 3,000 people into two groups, people who had really negative beliefs about old age and a group that had positive beliefs that had about good age. And these two groups were relatively the same age and they followed them through, uh, I guess, 10 years, 10 or so years. I'm not sure if I'm quoting the exact numbers of the study, but that's the general point. Okay, and yeah, what just, they, just more of a prospective study, not necessarily any intervention, but just taking these two separate groups, following them through our time and seeing what happened. Yes. So one groups, uh, they're relatively the same age. One group believed that their age, uh, like age is, is good, like growing older, there's nothing really negative about it. And then the other was afraid of aging. And what they found was that the group that um, had positive beliefs about their aging process, 
they were able to walk faster than the the other group. They also had less less chance of developing cardiac diseases and all these other problems in their life. And it goes to show just how belief is important, right? You could be you could have the same amount of workload as the person next to you, and you could be stressed out of your mind. But and the other person can can have a different perspective. They can be like, oh yeah, I'm so balanced right now. I'm, I'm doing this, this, and this, but I'm also going to the gym and, and I'm hanging out with friends. And and that's more of a balanced mindset, right? And you guys can have the same thing, but it's just about perspective. So I feel like that's that's super important to mention Absolutely. as well. It's your, your beliefs influence your perspective and your perspective influences your actions. And so that these people, these older people with the more positive belief with aging, having positive expectation for themselves, you know, does that mean that, you know, they walk with more of a kind of pep in their step, quote unquote, that, you know, they're feeling good about their lives so they can, they unconsciously end up doing more? Um, I think it's part of that. But also what I think it happens a lot is, okay, you feel good, which means you feel in control. When people feel more in control of their actions, they feel more empowered. And that leads you to say that, okay, age is not a bad thing. It's within my power to influence my not influence your age, but influence how you feel about your age. And so these people might have been doing more proactive measures, such as walking more, more exercise, um, kind of almost like meditative training, working on their nutrition to promote a better lifestyle for themselves. And that's what's attributed to their cardiovascular risk status for developing diseases and associated things with that. So it's great yeah. because it's I'm gonna yeah, no, I'm going to quote another study. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to butcher this completely. Um, but they were looking at a study uh, about another group of old people. And these people had negative, negative beliefs about their old age. And th they measured that through some sort of outcome measure, which is basically like a survey. Um, yep. And all they did for the intervention was they had people stare at a blank, white blank computer screen and flashing every like few milliseconds um, were positive words about aging. So like wisdom, powerful, strong, uh, things like that. And okay. after, sorry, I just dropped my drumstick right there, but after a, a four week intervention, um, they had superbly higher outcome measures. So, so a better score on their survey that shows that they're able to, to function better as, as an older adult. And Part of the study showed that just by doing this, this subconscious training, there was more improvement in general fitness for the older adults than a six-week fitness program. So I, wow. I find that really interesting that, that the mind is like one of the most craziest – that was horrible grammar right there – one of the craziest <laughs> uh, and important things that can control how our lifestyle is. Right? It, it all starts with the mind, and it comes down to – Whatever you're doing, whatever action you're doing, you've got to have buy into it. You've got to have ownership for what you're going and what you're going after. Because if you don't have ownership for what you do, then it's just one more task that you have obligation to do. But if Definitely. you truly have ownership, you're going after it because you want to do that. And the association with that in your mind is totally different. Because the moment you have strong, extreme ownership over something, that means it fuses with part of your identity. And anytime something becomes part of your identity, I speak to this a lot, Bob, but if I say I'm strong, I'm hardworking, and I'm a very loyal friend, 
guess who I'm going to be? I'm going to be strong, hardworking, and a very loyal friend. Wow, look at that. Because I told myself I am, and it's part of my identity. And so I'm going to put in extra hard work to make sure I'm not lying to myself for who my identity is. Now, going back to um, some of my goals and everything, for probably the last year or more, every morning and every night on my phone, we got this great app called The Calendar. Um, everybody has it on their phone. So on my calendar, I have a reminder that pops up every morning and every night. And that reminder says, well, I'll just read it to you. Um, it's basically some of the physical therapy credentials that I want to have in the future. So every morning, every night, it pops up Nick Davis, my name, PT, DPT, OCS, CMPT, and CSCS. To a lot of people not in the physical therapy world, that just is a bunch of mumbo-jumbo. Even to some people in the physical therapy world, it's mumbo-jumbo. Letters behind your name do not necessarily give you authority, do not necessarily give you better knowledge. But it's about the journey, getting there, and what you truly choose to take in. And for me, that's part of the journey for myself. Now I've already got the CSCS. I'm, um, you know, when I graduate school, I'll have that PT and DPT. I'll be soon on my, my way um, doing an orthopedic residency, very likely, after to get that OCS and pretty close to completing the CMPT. Now, these are things I tell myself. So when I get there, it's not a surprise to me. It's, man, I'm ready for this because, of course, you can't just do the subconscious mind training and say, oh, yeah, I've, I've believed in my mind. I can do that. No, you have to have action. But for me, I'm constantly taking the action to get one step closer to my goals. And the best part is, I believe that I'm already there. I, of course, there's more room to grow, to learn, to continue to develop. But in my mind, it's not a surprise to me that, oh, man, you're going after these goals? No, it feels like in my mind, I'm already worthy of achieving them. So it's just one more step, one more logical step in the right, right direction that I'm already deeply emotionally fueled by. Because it, it's my identity and it would be more of a mistake to, because if I don't achieve those, if I don't work as hard for them, it would feel like I'm lying to myself. And so that's one way in which I understand my physiology. I understand the way I think about myself, my surrounding, my world. And I try and, some people call it tricking yourself psychologically. I call it influencing myself. I know what I want. I have knowledge and understanding of myself. So how can I best influence myself? Yeah, you're, you're influencing the, the subconscious mind. So it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Absolutely. So yeah, no, that completely makes sense. Um, and, and, and you're priming yourself that, yes, this is what's going to happen. And it, it's going to happen. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I'm going into the future to reflect on where I want to be and where I need to be, come back into the present and live it like I've already been there. Yeah, we're approaching the 50 minute mark, but I want to share a really quick story that happened today uh, before we really like hit on the goals piece. Um, so today I, I came back, I'm back home in Queens, uh, Queens, New York, and I went to work with my mom. Um, and she was telling me a story about how when she was younger, right? she didn't have any any sort of the luxury that we have now like access to 
a grocery store to buy any kind of food. So we want access to buying multiple pieces of clothing, right? So this was like 50, 50 so years ago, right? And she told me that you could only eat one egg, one whole egg a year. And the wow. only time you can eat an egg by yourself was on your birthday. That's the only time you could ever eat an egg. Because Mama, eggs... Yep, go ahead. I'm taking this in for myself, and I eat five eggs every morning for breakfast. Exactly. That's that's what, exactly what I said. I told my mom, but I, I eat five eggs every morning. And, <laughs> and yeah, so, so yeah, so it's crazy because... And then I, I asked my mom as a follow-up question, like, what about a birthday cake? What happens to a birthday cake? And she was like, yeah, we, we never heard of a birthday cake until we got to America. All right. So it goes to show how how much of a life, how much of a drastic change my, my mom's childhood and my childhood was, right? Yeah. My, my mom said uh, she had she had family or she had friends who just had one pair of, of pants for the entire family of, of the, the brothers and sisters, for the entire siblings, right? Wow. So every time somebody had to go outside, they would take that one pair of pants and all the other siblings would just be butt naked home. Right. So they just had one pair of pants. And then I asked what, what would happen if, if all of them wanted to go outside, right? Who would wear the pants? And, and it, it just wouldn't be one person because they just had one pair of pants for, for the entire five or six siblings. Right. Wow. So I, I, this was a really big point that I wanted to make for the, for this, for this quick story is that I don't know how, how humbled I am to, to be, to be here. And, and how grateful I am to have what I have, right? For me to be able to eat multiple eggs and not be not be limited to, I guess, the government, to the environment, to, to my surroundings. Um, and that if you're complaining that, oh, I got, I got a stain on my pants or, oh, I, I spilled my coffee. Oh, the coffee is cold today. Some people don't have pants to wear. Oh my God. I, I, I just had to, I just had to get that out before we moved on. But yes, did you I, have I anything to add? I appreciate that. And you know what I'm about to say cannot draw comparisons at all to the message you gave. Um, but what I've heard before is so with all the technology we have, right? We have this, the smartphones, the internet, everything. If you go back in the past 500 years to show our technology, like all the internet we can access and everything with our smartphones, to people in the medieval ages, they would be less surprised by the technology we have and more surprised by that most people only use that technology to look up funny, stupid videos. <laughs> they don't they don't use it to or most people don't use the technology of the internet to continuously learn. We have so much at our disposal, so much opportunity that, like you said, I mean, we don't think about like Oh my gosh, I, I can't go outside today. I don't. It's not my turn to wear the pants. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's, we don't think about what we have until we lose it. It's normal. So there's so many there's so many things and privileges we have that we are not taking advantage of the opportunity. Do you know the the emoji movie by any chance? I don't, and I'm also okay. Not that sounds. Anyways, go ahead. Okay, the, the basically the emoji movie came out like a year ago, and it got horrible, horrible reviews. Basically, everybody said that it was the worst movie possible. There's all these advertisements uh, in the movie itself. The, the movie was just a complete advertisement and a complete waste of time. Right? Sounds disgusting. 
<laughs> okay, but here's my point. Um, and basically, if we go back in time, right? If we go to the uh, the Egyptians and offered them a chance to watch this movie, they'd probably give up all their riches and everything just to, to watch a movie. Yeah, probably. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, because people spent so much money for for this movie. I don't I don't know if that's making sense, but but yes. Um, that is making sense. I'd I'd still probably choose a better movie if I was an Egyptian, but I get what you're saying, Bob. But but yes, but basically this whole company spent so much money to to produce this movie, right? And yep. people are giving this them all these bad critiques. They're writing all these bad reviews about this movie. Whereas people a thousand years in the past, right? Or however long in the past, my geography and history is poor. Um, <laughs> they would give everything up to watch this one movie. Because yeah. they, they never experienced it before. Because that's such an amazing thing that nobody would have ever thought of. Who would have ever thought that they would be sitting in a, in a in a room with a bunch of strangers looking at this... 70 foot screen with all these images that are that are not actual pictures right yeah. that are drawings that are moving and talking who would have thought that oh my god this gets me so fired up i, I enjoy <laughs> this okay all right so let's move on let's we're, move we're, on. Approach, wow. we're approaching wow. the, the hour mark but but yes go ahead yeah, talk to me about um so you went home with your mom to her work um talk to me about the goal that you had set for this week and how that went yeah, and before we go into that, last week for our last episode, um, we ended on kind of, I, I think, a, a strong note. And today's episode, we just really went into the episode really without talking about it. Um, but but the last, last week, I wanted to create a dream 10 list. Basically, finding 10 people or 10, 10 businesses or 10 whatever around uh, my mom's clinic and just create a list. Right, and, and um, just, just as a reminder for everybody who hasn't listened before, um, every week we meet and for the podcast, and it's really like a game show. Um, right now the check is at five hundred dollars, and every week Bob sets a goal for himself, and I'm his accountability partner. And Bob sets this goal, and if he achieves the goal, then he keeps his five hundred dollars. You know, not, I. I I'm really scared now because my my balance in my check in my checking account is is diminishing. It's it's reaching like it's around like six hundred dollars now. So, so um, I mean, your your philosophy of you pay attention to what you pay to, um, to what you pay is you're putting yourself in a situation where strong there is stronger and stronger influence not to fail. Yes. So, so let me just let me just catch up like so so my goal was was creating a dream 10 list i did it uh i had i created a, a list of three yoga studios uh three gyms nope two gyms and then five doctor's office nice. um so i created a list now I, I didn't know what to send them so i'm still in the process of doing that but the, i think the goal last week was just to create the list um but let, let me catch up on on other things that i've been doing I guess this this whole week preparing up to up to this conversation. So I, I created a website for her, um, a fully functioning website with with testimonials and and all this nice stuff. Um, 
and and I started doing ads for her her for a clinic. Yep. And in the past, I I done some ads for my fitness coaching things. And boy, can I tell you that even though I have some sort of some experience, it is so hard. Just like everything else, right? I uh, believe. And and if it feels easy. Everybody else would do it. Everybody else would be making millions of dollars with millions of patients coming in every month. Um, but it's hard. And I just need to keep planning, checking, adjusting, and then doing it again. Right. Um, so that's where I've been at. And I'm super proud of where the progress has been going. And, and I'm trying to, to really add in systems to my mom's clinic to, to better take more patients, to better, to, to better have a patient experience. Um, okay. And one thing that I'm super, I guess, even more humbled about is that my mom's allowing me to do it. Right. And so I my guess, mom's, you're, you're currently a student still, you're currently in grad school, but you're taking this extra opportunity to develop yourself, not only within the school setting, but how can I best prepare myself for the business world, for the yes. world? Yeah. But, but the point I'm getting at is that, is that my mom trusted me. Right. Right. Um, personally, I don't know if I, if I would have trusted myself, um, yeah. with this, um, but my, my mom's allowing me to, to all these opportunities to, to try these things. Right. And she, she didn't ever say that, oh yeah, you, you, that's just the way we've been doing it. You don't have to put your input in it. Right. Um, and another thing is that, uh, that this, this is literally slipping out of my mind. Um, but, but yeah, that, that's basically it. She, she's putting trust into me. She, she's giving me the, I guess the, the chance to, to prove myself. Yeah. And um, her acknowledgement of trusting you in a situation that you said, you're not even sure you would a hundred percent trust yourself. That makes you raise your standards and raise your game and really want to do a great job too. Yeah. Um, that was goal number one. The second goal I think was the, was the asking five people out. So by, I, I, by I right, right by, by later on. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. Not, not for this week, but by later yes. on and again, this idea of developing the confidence in tr truly taking a look at ourselves and where do we feel insecure and unable um, and not, not worthy. And how can you put that aside? How can you put that fear and really analyze it for the false evidence appearing real that it really is? Yes. Yes. I think the point of why we, we, we made that up was, was I was saying no for the other person before even asking. Yes. Right. And, and I guess, Oh, that's something that I wanted to, to say for my mom's clinic was that b before I wanted to do advertising or, or some sort of marketing or, or digital marketing for her, I, I assumed that she was going to say no. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then I asked and she said, yes. Right. The, the power of asking is, is super, super critical, but you don't know if, if the person will say yes or no. And, and if they do say yes, your life could change. I, I just find that super amazing. Absolutely. Um, but then going back to, to the five people asking five people out, I think you said by the end of, end of January, Personally, I honestly don't know what's how this is actually like working. Like, like what what are the specific steps? What am I actually supposed to do? Um, 
if you want to elaborate on it some more, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, so I didn't have a um, specific game plan in mind, but you said that, you know, like you said, you were saying no for other people, especially other girls that you're interested in, right? Okay. Um, so my thought, and it doesn't have to be five, but my thought is asking multiple girls out to a date. Like physically? Is that, is that yeah. physically? Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah not, not, not metacognitive, metacognition. No. Wait, yeah, so like, you're, you're telling me, Nick, that they can't read my mind? Is that is that what you're telling me, Nick? They can start in your mind, but they better not end. Ah, okay. Yes. So I think that's been going. I'll, I'll share my results, I guess, in a in a few more episodes. See how Come that's going to go. In. Um, and then we have the book. Yes. What do you want to do for the book? Great do question, Bob. Do you still want to keep on doing it? I feel Absolutely. like it's still something Absolutely. fun, and it's still something I would enjoy doing. Um, yeah, let's keep with it. Let's let's go back to our goal from two weeks ago. Uh, from two weeks ago, which is pretty much have uh, the outline for chapter one or, or section one of chapter one. I like. It. Yep. Yeah. Chapter one of section one. I like it. So just an outline, something simple. Take like yep. twenty minutes or ten yep. to twenty minutes max. Um. And then, can we finally end with with my goal of, of what I want to achieve? Absolutely, Bob. Let's hear it. Um, honestly, I'm not entirely sure of where I want to go um, right now because I'm I'm adding all these systems into my mom's clinic, and I'm not sure how they're exactly playing out. But one thing I want to do is exactly is reach out to those 10 people that I created a list for and at least have two conversations. So, 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 so email at least all of them twice. Good. Okay. Does does that make sense? I like it. Yep. So between now and next week, when we meet, you'll have reached out to all 10 of them um, twice if needed. Yes. And if they don't answer the first time, I'll, I'll message them a second time. Um, Fantastic. I like it, Bob. Showing the commitment. Um, and again, that's exactly what I was going to recommend. So you've gotten the step done already of having this list. Now, what are you going to do with it? So I think that's a fantastic idea. Yeah, I, I, I like that. All right. Do you have anything else you want to add, Nick? Bob, um, no, that is all for me. I think, again, just for all our listeners, it's extremely important who you surround yourself with and how you take that time to recharge yourself. And that we don't need to see the world through such a lens of purely black and white. We don't need to see it through all intensity or all completely relaxing. You should be doing things, striving after things that make you better, that make you feel good, that make you feel inspired and that they give you on, for the most part, they give you just as much energy back as you put in. Yeah. I like it. It's a great episode today. Um, we'll see you next week on Manifest Mindset and have a great night, unless it's morning, have a great morning or afternoon or whatever time it is. Thank you.